All right. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Division for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S. from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 11th, 2018. Today we're reading from the big book. We are going to be on page 14, first paragraph. that says, simple but not easy, reading through four paragraphs ending with, he knows that they are real and comments will be on all paragraphs. Today's readers, 12 Steps, Addie S., 12 Traditions, June S., readers of the text, Liz V., Elizabeth H., and Carmela G. The reference numbers share IDs for yesterday, Wednesday, January 10th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 10905, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 10907. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Addie S. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Addie. Good morning. My name is Addie S. in DeSoto, Texas. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or ourselves or others. Excuse me. Ten, Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. My name is Addie S. in DeSoto, Texas. Thank you for letting me do service this morning and I'll pass. Thank you, Addie S. And I will now ask June S. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is June S. from Brooklyn, New York. 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, June S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Okay, so today we are resuming our study of the big book. We're on page 14, first paragraph, 
starting with simple but not easy. We're going to be reading through four paragraphs, ending with he knows that they are real, and comments will be on all four paragraphs. And I will ask Liz V to start us off. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend the doctor to ask if I were still singing. He listened in wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head saying, something has happened to you I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows that they are real. Um, again, Liz V. Recovered um, Compulsory Eater in North Carolina. Um, there is so much. I'm so excited to hear everybody share on these uh, paragraphs because there's so much here. Um, this first paragraph, in that destruction of self-centeredness, I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. That was a revolutionary proposal for me. Um, I had to let go of everything. And the way I began to do that was to practice with my sponsor, running everything by the sponsor because I understood that I had been in the grips of this illness. My thinking was off. And so to begin to turn all that over to my higher power, I just tested that new consciousness, as we're going to learn, um, by running it by a sponsor. And today I run everything by my higher power. I'm astonished at myself sometimes that I'm praying in every situation, asking for his will to show me how and where I get to be of service in the situation, how he would have me be. Um, and I did fully accept them. And I was grateful that I, I did kind of have a moment when um, I had read this book many times. I never read it in order um, to feel this sense of confidence coming over me, recognizing that finally all my problems were going to get to be solved. And I retain that um, expectancy today. I know that as I continue to use these principles, work through these steps, it's going to be taken care of by the Father of Light who does preside in us all. And I'm so grateful for that. The other thing in um, this third pair, fourth paragraph down here that we read, but you better hang on to it. I had a note, that new order that we talked about yesterday, establish and maintain the new order of things. For me to get all of that, I had to maintain that new order. I have to consistently be praying and asking for help from my higher power. I talk to my sponsor about these things. I run it by people, usually my sponsor and other fellows, so 
so I can keep whatever I did in the beginning, I still do. Um, and I'm so grateful that today, all the people that I heard, I was like, this guy, when I listened to the meeting, I was like, these people are amazing. Is this real? And then it happened to me. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm going to keep coming back. Thanks for letting me share. Pass. Thank you so much, Lizzie. Okay, so who would like to comment on the four paragraphs that were just read? This is Larry. Linda D. from Connecticut. Melissa Lestane. Reva P. Vasa O. D. Mary D. Katie G. from Boston. All right, so here's who I have so far. Hang on. Matt M. Larry K. Linda D, Melissa C, Katie G. Let's just uh, start there, and we will get a second round here in a minute. How's that sound? So everybody, please remute your phone. And first up is Matt M, followed by Larry K. You're up, Matt. Thank you. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M, a compulsive overeater. Uh, these were these were revolutionary and drastic proposals. That first paragraph that they were reading, so simple but not easy, a price had to be paid. The price that had to be paid was the destruction of his ego. He has, he, he has a huge ego. I know I do, too. That means I had to let go of a lot of my own thoughts and my own feelings and a lot of my own old morals and values. They don't work anymore. I have to have a whole new set that get, gets replaced by this program. And he says, the drastic proposals, once they, once they fully accepted them, though, he can have what they have had a sense of victory, followed by such a peace and serenity I've ever known, a spiritual awakening. And he has utter confidence that it's going, to be, it's going to be coming back to him, it's going to be replaced by the, the cocksureness. It's like the opposite of the hopelessness that he felt. That's where that's the new confidence that's coming into him. And God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on him was sudden and profound. He had a sudden awakening for Bill W. That doesn't come to me. I'm, I'm more of the educational variety. But more power to him. And um, the doctor realizes that something has changed in him. He said, please don't let go. I know I see something different in you. I hope that you know you keep this because he wants Bill to get well. If the doctor worth his grain of salt, he wants to see his patients get well. He wants the best for his patients, and this doctor definitely does. He's a good man, so he wants the best for Bill. And so I can see a lot. There's a lot in these paragraphs here that really goes to the heart of the matter. And um, I'm grateful that uh, I'm reading this today. I'm grateful that we're going over it today. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. And next up is Larry Kay, followed by Linda D. Good morning, Larry. Are you going to California? Good. I'm going. Good morning. Right, God willing, I'll be there. Yes, yeah, see you there. Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Uh, ex- exciting, exciting to go there. You know, however God comes to us quickly or more slowly, you know, we've changed. And when we become recovered, it doesn't change the world around us. But how I see the world changes. Everything begins to shift and change, you know. When, when we complete the work, your boss doesn't change, but the perceptive lens in which you see your boss may change. You know, p- pizza didn't change uh, into green beans for me, you know. Uh, but my perceptive lens in which I see pizza changed. You know, maybe, maybe your husband doesn't suddenly transform into, you know, Channing Tatum or, or pick, pick some celebrity, but you begin to see him with new spiritual eyes, right? You know, it was once offered to me that if you could, 
if you could take all the knowledge known to man and apply it to a, a pie chart, a pie graph, right? That one little slice of that chart would be what you know, right? What you know. And another little slice of the chart, the pie chart, a little sliver, would be what you know you don't know. Hey, there, there, there's a lot of stuff that we know we don't know. The rest of the chart, basically in the entire circular graph, pie chart, right, is stuff we don't know we don't know. Stuff I didn't know that I didn't know. Recovery through the implementation of the steps is all about opening up to the stuff you, don't, you didn't know you didn't know. That's why if you're new and you have some narrative in your mind right now, what it means that you're here or where this journey will take you, you're 100% wrong. <laughs> Trust me on this. Not because you're not smart. Not because you're not competent. You are but because this journey will be about the stuff you don't know you don't know. And that's why we say things like, you know, don't leave five minutes before the miracle happens. In fact, I've never seen a miracle not happen among those who have thoroughly followed this path of action, this spiritual path of action. I've only seen those who don't do the work because in the face of not knowing what they couldn't know yet, they balked. And what does it mean to balk? It's when one suddenly stops in the midst of a process of action, any process of action, a pitcher box as he's pitching the ball. And, and truth be told, some of the folks that I knew who balked are not among the living today. And they didn't die the day they decided to balk. See, they thought they'd be back. They didn't know what they were incapable of knowing. And they walked away from the opportunity for a miracle. Thank God for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. Next up is Linda D., followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Linda. Hi, it's Linda D. from Connecticut. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Okay, because I just turned my speakerphone off. I'm not used to that. Um, hmm. What jumps out at me, oh, I am so thrilled to be a recovered compulsive overeater. I just celebrated four years in a month. Unbelievable. And I've been in OA 35 years. Um, what jumps out at me is that um, that remark about uh, Bill having spectacular experience. Uh, I was given that. I was given a spectacular experience. And I think that's what people really would love. Um and and that's good that they would. Um, I have no idea why I, I was given it, except that I asked. Um, but what really mattered beyond that, and I still have, uh, I use that experience all the time, is that uh, I've had the educational variety. In other words, it's my way of saying, if I hadn't done the steps, the rest of the steps, it wouldn't matter, because I wouldn't have the glass out of the wound that I was. I came here very, very wounded, and I thought it was for weight and looks and sex appeal and all that stuff, and and that's part of it. But what it was was a deep, deep self-hatred. And um, maybe some people don't identify with that. Uh, stick around. You'll uh, see it eventually. Um and the selfishness, the self-centeredness, and all that stuff. 
So uh, when um, people speak of these uh, paragraphs, uh, I know how incredibly blessed I am to have the steps as a a ladder, a framework to climb up out of uh, such negative, self-destructive stuff and destructive to other people into a, a dimension that I had no idea existed. And uh, what does it look like? Uh, Sometimes it looks just ordinary stuff that's so coincidental you go, how did God do that? Um, I don't know if I said I was an atheist when I started, but I was, for sure. Very intellectual. Hmm. Doesn't matter. Just put it down because it's not enough. And it's a big deal putting it down. And I'm so thrilled to be living on a soul level uh, most of the time, just as the person before me said, I'm talking to God and I'm listening to that whisper. It's very subtle. Sometimes it's not subtle, but lots of times it is. It's spectacular. Please get in the lifeboat. It's very real. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Next up is Melissa C. followed by Katie G. Good morning, Melissa. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Thank you for your service, Kelly. Um, I'm, a re- I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, the, the word that grabbed me um, was revolutionary, you know, that revolution. And I think about that word and, you know, that it's like the former leader, you know, what governed me had to be overthrown. And, um, you know, because I was formally governed by what I wanted, you know, my, my hungers, my desires. And, you know, what was glaring was that um, my hunger, my physical hunger was governing my life. And clearly that needed to be replaced. It needed to be overthrown and replaced, Um, you know, and, and this is opposite, you know, from what I've always thought. I I always believed um, that victory and peace, you know, and serenity comes when you get your desires satisfied. I mean, isn't that when you feel good, when you get what what you want? And, um, you know, what I'm learning and I continue to learn is that my desires, um, even the ones that seem valid and fair, can no longer be what governs my life. You know, it it. And how can that be that getting these desires met doesn't really give me victory and peace and serenity? Um, It it sounds crazy, but until you overthrow that leader, you know, and you employ a new leader, um, you won't know it, you know, and it's true. So whenever I find myself too focused on myself, on all of my wishes, um, you know, I know it's my ego. It's it's looking for like this entry point. And, you know, and it comes in through the most seemingly harmless, you know, and justified reasons and situations. So it can look like, it could look like I'm concerned about my kids, you know. It can look like I'm concerned about my husband, his job, my parents, my, whatever it is, you know. And, and, that's how it comes in. So when it says, like, we better hold on to it, what is it that we better hold on to? You know, for me, I better hold on to God as, as the governor of me. You know, that's what's revolutionary. And, 
it's a discipline. You know, this is, we discipline our food for sure, but I have to discipline my thinking. I cannot operate on my hungers and my desires. It's, it's true victory and peace and serenity come flooding over me like that fresh wind, you know, on the mountaintop when, um, when I give it over to my higher power. Thank you. With that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Next up is Katie G. Good morning, friend. Good morning, Miss Kelly. It is Katie G. Good morning, everyone. Recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. Yeah, so much going on here. Um, I mean, I didn't have this, like, huge white light experience. But what I know today is that my life is revolutionized. And it talks about um, a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity I've ever known. And that comes from this daily, quiet discipline. I get up. I get on my knees. I talk to God. I weigh and measure my food. I make phone calls. I talk to my sponsor. I talk to sponsees. And I do my step work. And as a result, that little girl who's like, please take care of me. Give me this. Give me that. Give me that. She's quieted. And I, and I turn to all things. And, and I have to say, like, this new freedom, this new happiness that the promises promise us, like, I used to think, like, you know, everybody shared, I know, but I used to think it meant, like, I'm going to be in this perfect house, you know, with the perfect husband and the perfect family and, and right off the, into the sunset and never feel my feelings because I'm going to be recovered, don't you know? And I have to say, the longer I stay recovered, the more I work. You know, the more I work because it's not acceptable anymore for little Katie G and her wants and needs. When I go to God, I have this bigger voice inside of me that says, you know what, Katie, you're, you're okay right now. And you don't need to have um, a perfect looking microwave today. You can get by with the little things. And, you know, it's the little things that can stack up over and over again. It's the um, people call me and they're like, oh, I have a little resentment. Well, those are the things that I eat over, you know, but today, I have peace and serenity because at the end of the day, I when I'm disturbed, I've done step tens, and even though it's uncomfortable, I end up taking the right action. And that is truly alarming. That is truly like something I've never known. And you know, I mean, normal people don't need 12 steps, weight and measured, like uh, sponsor, sponsee, to know how to live without putting my wants and my de- my desires on all of you, right? Because before this program, before the 12 steps, if you didn't like subscribe to the KDG Club, if you didn't want to make everything work for me, you were dead to me, right? And today, at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, throughout the day, there's a voice inside me that knows, like it knows, and it says, Katie G, go this way. Please don't go that way. That is not going to be the way it goes. It's the voice that allows me to call my mother. It's the voice that allows me to, to, to be uncomfortable, right? And that's the peace and the serenity that I've known is the willingness to be uncomfortable today and to do the right thing. And I am going to keep working one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. Okay, so let's open the floor again. Let me Lady. remind you guys. Wait, wait, hang on. Harlan G. I'm in, all right, stop. I'm going to do a quick reminder of where we're at in case anybody doesn't know. 
We are on page 14, first paragraph, simple but not easy, reading through four paragraphs, ending, he knows that they are real, or commenting on four paragraphs, <coughs> right before Harlan. Leia D. Harlan G. Lisa B. Amy. Amy. Reba P. Okay, let's stop there for a second. I have Leia D. Harlan G. Lisa B. Edini. Amy G. Reva P. And I think that's all I heard right now. <laughs> we'll just stop there for now. So if everybody can please remute their phone. Um, star one, we will start with Leia D, followed by Harlan G. Uh, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much. This is my favorite part, I think, in the book. For a moment, I was alarmed to call my friend and to doctor to ask if I was still sane. He listened in wonder as I talked. Now, that's what happened to me. I know exactly where I was. I was in my car. I was driving down Foster Avenue going to work, and I had come back. I'm in the rooms 42 years, and I've had sustained, like a lot of us, supported dieting, rah-rah, powerless, yeah, work, weight comes off, hoo-ha. We read the steps. We read them on the wall, but we don't practice because there was no one there to guide me. Nobody's fault. It's just that what you didn't have, you couldn't give away. And finally, I got a vision sponsor, and I started making the calls, and she started opening my brain. And my brain is what scared me because God gave me brains to use, page 86. And there I was, understanding, set-aside prayers, drastic and revolutionary proposals, and all of a sudden things started to change, like a tumbler on a rock opening up click, 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 you know, Fort Knox. I thought I had the answers. I thought I understood what was wrong. I thought if I could just get back to weighing and measuring that food, I'd be okay. That was not the truth. I didn't know that I had to find the two powers, the power of the fellowship and the power of God. And when it hit me like an opening flower, I really thought I was going nuts. I thought I was insane. And I called up someone and said, am I losing my mind? Am I okay? And when they told me I was okay, it gave me the freedom to let me use the brains that God gave me. I am a visionary. I live in a world where I want to change the world, not important now, but that can be scary, especially every time I had a feeling I ran back to the food again and I didn't know why. I know why today. I'm going through a crisis today. I lost my husband 91 days ago. I need to stay close to God in recovery and know that there is a hope and there is a plan and, I, and there is only one God and I'm not it. So I am sane today, and I am working this recovery today, and I'm here today at 731 because this is what I have to do. Simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. Thank you all for letting me share, and I hope to have a really good day with God's guidance. Kelly? Kelly, we're not hearing you. We lost the leader? Yeah. Harlan G., he's next. <laughs> okay. Oh, here I am. 
I'm oh, just talking away. Are, Kelly. <laughs> Thank I was you. saying, hey, Harlan, I'm going to see you soon, but. You know. Yes, and you're moderating a hundred pounders on Saturday morning. So thank I you am. very much for that. Yeah, you're doing some good service all the way around. Uh, Kelly, also thank you to Team Thursday for making this wonderful meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Let's take a look at what we're seeing here on page seven. On page seven of Bill's story, in the spring of 1934, April of 1934. Bill is waking up in the town's hospital. He is under the care of Dr. William Duncan Silkworth. It says here, but it was not, for the frightful day came when I drank once more. And then it says later in the paragraph, my weary and despairing life was informed that it would all end with heart failure during delirium tremens, or I would develop a wet brain perhaps within a year. She would soon have to give me over to the undertaker or the asylum. That's 1934 in April. Let's go to page 14. We're in December. It is December the 15th. On the 14th, Bill has taken what we know as the first 11 steps of our program. At that time, it was the first five steps of the Oxford Group six-step program, but I'm, which we'll, we can translate into 12. Now we're on page 14. And it says here, these were revolutionary and drastic proposals. What are the proposals? The proposals are the steps, the five steps. But the moment I fully accepted them and the, the effect was electric, there was a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. Bill's grandfather, Bill's father was a drunk and Bill's father never recovered, and his alcoholism blew up their family in 1906. Bill never got over that. But Bill's grandfather, paternal grandfather, went up to Mount Elias and had a spiritual experience, never drank again. And he was up there, and he described the wind blowing. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. Bill Wilson, like his grandfather, had a sudden and profound spiritual experience. I had a spiritual awakening. God came to me slowly over time through a lot of work and continues to come. For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend, the doctor, to see if I were still sane. This is Silkworth. He listened in wonder as I talked. We are here because we stand on the shoulders of giants. Now, next week, we're going to get one of these reactions from Lois Wilson, who's going to turn the history of the world on a phrase. And so is Dr. Silkworth. Dr. Silkworth could have said to Bill, you're hallucinating, you're mashuga, you're nuts, you're drunk, you're hallucinating. No, what he said was, something has happened to you I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were the good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows they are real. Tomorrow we're going to talk about what we know as step 12. But Dr. Silkworth turned the course of history by saying to I'm, Bill, you better hang on to it. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Harlan G. Next up is Lisa B. followed by Edini. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And thank you for your service. So 
Uh, the words that jumped out for me, one of the words is confidence. And, you know, I wanted to identify in with the newcomer or the person that's uh, drunk on food and feels hopeless or is trying to get abstinent and feels hopeless. I, I did not believe it was possible to recover. And when I came on this line, and, you know, what we have here is a healthy OA meeting and where we have recovered voices, I didn't think that was possible to have um, a state of being recovered from this horrible illness. So confidence, you know, it means feeling or belief that one can rely on something or someone. It also means firm and trust. And I had no confidence, no confidence when I started listening on this line. And when I started hearing the confidence in your voices, it gave me hope. And, you know, the opposite of confidence is weak, afraid, uncertain, pessimistic, um, depressed, fearful. You know, I was all of those things. Um, I was so afraid to trust that this could possibly happen for me. And then the other word that jumps out for me is impact. It means action of one object coming forcibly into contact with another. And another word um, that means impact is smashed. And in the big book and more about alcoholism, it says the delusion that we are like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. You know, and that leads me up to father of light. One of the most loving things that I can do for myself is to make outreach calls when I'm new in this program and call recovered compulsive overeaters and start to hear this voice of hope coming through your voices. And that's how I got in touch with my father of light. And you could call it spirit of the universe. You could call it whatever you want. But I found it deep, deep inside of me through working these 12 steps, but through working also with others, through grabbing onto another recovered fellow. I tried to find my father of light, that spirit within me, on my own privately. Many years through spirituality, through reading spiritual books, through meditating. I even gave up my crack cocaine, which is sugar. You know, and I lived off of sugar I gave up sugar for four years when I came to Vision for You. I wasn't even in that drug, but I was unrecovered. I need to get into a state of being recovered to access that, if you want to call it, father of light. But it came through other people. I can't do it privately on my own. And then that word light, it means clear, illumination. It also means natural agent and stimulates sight that makes things visible. I didn't know how much I had been living blind and in the dark, totally unaware. I thought it was so many of the other problems in my life. But it's the spiritual malady of this illness that continues to progress and grow. And it doesn't always show through the food, but it shows through character defects and wrecking other people's lives. And not even knowing it's because I'm an addict, an untreated addict. And it's through working with these steps. And now today, I still reach out every day, but to newcomers and, of course, to my recovered uh, fellows. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. Next up is Adini, followed by Amy G. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Adini M. from New York. And I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. The moment I fully accepted them, mm, making that decision, and once he made that decision to completely and totally, what, 100% accept what was given to him so he can be dis- transformed, so once he was willing to do exactly what he was told to do in what is this called obedience. 
listen, do. Totally, not 90%, but totally, 100%, let go. Then he was open to receive the blessings of God, the gift of what? Change. Not only in his life, but our lives. He changed history. With that decision, he changed history for all addicts, for me, for you, with that decision that he made. No more fighting, no more resisting. His state of being was changed right then and there from restless, irritable, and discontent. All was lifted from him to a state of what? Peace and serenity. He was totally, completely confident. His heart was washed clean. This was Bill's spiritual experience. So I too, but I had, I made that decision. I had a spiritual awakening way over a lot more time than he did. But I too made that decision. I accepted completely and totally what was given to me. I had to listen and to do as I was told because I wanted that transformation. I have children They're not my children. I have a family, I have friends, and I have a house, and I have a lot of blessings, but they're not mine. Nothing is mine. I I, I surrender my life, my will, my thoughts to God, moment by moment, day by day. And what happened? Desperation, rage, hopelessness, depression, all was lifted. I was washed and I was given a clean heart. Thank you, God. I stand on his confidence. My confidence is on his foundation. My spiritual growth on a continual basis keeps my clean heart clean. And that's my part. So we depend on the one whom we obey. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Amy. And next up is Amy G., followed by Reva P. Hi, Kelly. This is Amy G., Recovered Compulsible Reader from Maryland. Uh, Thank you so much for your service, and thank you, everyone, for such an awesome meeting. So in case, newsflash, this is not a diet club. This is not a weigh-and-pay club. This is a recovery from compulsive overeating club. And as we've gone through Bill's story and understand the nature of this disease, which is what it is in the doctor's opinion, a physical allergy and a mental obsession, we begin to understand and what we're hearing in these last couple of paragraphs about what is necessary to recover from compulsive overeating, from that twofold nature, what I need to do, which is to surrender to a power greater than myself and to work these steps. I mean, it's as simple, not easy. It is a simple program if I follow the instructions. I spent five years wandering around in OA wondering why it wasn't working for me, thinking that I was, you know, terminally unique, struggling with my agnosticism, taking my will back, when finally someone said to me, you know, page 17 in the big book says we have found a common solution upon which we can absolutely agree and join and brotherly and harmonious harmonious action. And am I following the instructions? Am I doing what is necessary? And am I following the instructions? And I I had to concede to my innermost self and make that decision like Bill did here to do what it is that was asked. I was complicating things. I needed to follow the instructions, which was put the food down and work these 12 steps. And once that decision was made, 
you know, pray to God, row to shore. I used to have a swim coach that would say, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I'm starting to understand the program that when the going gets tough, the tough acts, ask for help and follow instructions. And that's what I had to do. There's no, it's a common solution. There's no secret code, folks. We just need to follow those instructions like our, well, like I needed to follow those instructions like my life depended upon it, which it does if I want to recover. If I want to have a personality change sufficient to make me understand and deal with life on life's terms and not have that buildup of emotion that says food is the answer, to be transformed in my thinking and in my actions. And that only comes for me by working these 12 steps, particularly steps four through nine. That's why they call them the working steps. I had to work those steps. I had to believe in a power greater than myself. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have some wild experience like Bill did. I was much more of the garden variety when it came to the higher power thing. I had to surrender that my will was not going to work here against this disease. You know, a diet for a compulsive overeater is like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. What I had in mind was not working. It was killing me. My own thinking was a liability. I needed a power greater than myself. I needed a higher power. At that point in the program, it wasn't God. But it was in whom, and I'll wrap it up, but it was in whom the problem had been solved, and I was willing to start with that, with honesty, willingness, and humility, and ask for help. And the rest all came along after that, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Next up is Reva P., followed by Linda D. Reva, you're up. Good morning. Hi, this is Reva P., Grateful Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Uh, two things really stood out for me um, because I'm doing some new actions in my work. And what strikes me so much is even though Bill had this awesome spiritual experience and this profound and sudden impact, um, when he's a little bit fearful and alarmed, he checks it out. He checks it out with somebody that he trusts and he asks, am I going crazy? You know, what do you think? And that's such a great reminder that my best ideas, my best revelations got me here and aided in my destruction. And even working the steps, part of the step process is to go to God, but also to check things out with another recovered person because part of my difficulty continues to be differentiating the true from the false. And I don't always know what is God-inspired and what is Reva self-will inspired. So it's the step process, but also checking it out with somebody else. And there's such humility in that, and there's such you know, lack of self-centeredness as opposed to thinking, I know, um, and I'm just going to run with it. And the second thing that struck me is even when I get these awarenesses um, and if you know, I do get experiences, that's not enough. And how brilliant Dr. Silkworth was to say, hang on to it. Because before this program, I started a lot of things that were great ideas, but I never stuck with it. Um, I never persisted. Because you know what, some days... I don't get epiphanies, and some days it's just slogging through it. 
um, and doing the do things, getting through the 24 hours, and it's not exciting, and it's not this, and it's not that. Um, and this hanging on to it is such a great reminder that even if I've had a pink cloud white light experience, I need to continue, 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 keep working the steps, keep working, working, working um, to maintain and continue to grow. Otherwise, I lose it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And um, so, got a message, Linda. These not going to be available. So, I'm going to open the floor up for some more shares. Who would like to share? Vasa O. Penny C. Suchi. Okay, let's stop there because we don't have a whole lot of time. So, uh, we will do Vasa O, Penny C, and Suji. So, Vasa, you're up. Thank you, Kelly, for your service, and thank you for everybody's service this morning. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida. This is one, uh, it's my favorite paragraph right here. I never understood or believed about um, miracles that happened to people's lives until it happened to me. And uh, to me, I had been so much into the food, food for so long, so many years, you know, I was just so sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I just was so ready. I took um, suggestion instructions from my sponsor, and she said, Vasa, we have to surrender. We can't do this by ourselves any longer. And I remember saying at that time, I will surrender to anything or anybody just to put this food down because I'm going to be dead. I was 41 years old when I came in the program, and I didn't think I was going to see my 45th birthday. It's not about just the food. It's the physical, emotional, spiritual, which I didn't understand in those days. I only understood the physical part. I was getting sicker. And, um, and I love the for, forward to the first edition, how those 100 men and women recovered. And I wanted to know, I wanted to do what they did. And I was ready and I was willing and I, I would have never stayed in the program if I did not have that experience. When I came to my first me- meeting, I surrendered on October 25, 1986, in my bathroom. And I had surrendered to, you know, to a higher power, which I call God. I said, please help me and forgive me for all the sins I had committed in my life. I did whatever she told me to do. I did not expect anything to come out of it. But I had this connection. It was like a power that went over, over my body. And I was shocked about it. I, it was a shock to me. And I could not wait, wait to get up and tell her what happened to me in the morning. And that's what she said to me. She, finally, she shook his, her head saying, I called the dog. Something has happened to you. I don't understand, but you had better hang on it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. And I love to hear about people's experiences. It, you know, people have it, for them it's gradual. For me it was all of a sudden. It just happened. I did not, didn't expect it. And that's the only reason I kept coming to the program. I said, if I don't go and, you know, keep on doing the 12 steps, I'm going to lose it, and no way I was going to lose that. So I've been doing this for 32 years, and God has been with me. My higher power has been with me, 
with everything I've gone through in my life, the good and the bad. Thank you for letting Bonnie. me pass. Thank you, Vasa. Um, okay, so we only have about four minutes and two people, so just you know, keep that mindful. Penny, you're up. Penny C. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you very much for leading. My name is Penny C., and I'm a recovered compulsive reader in the Boston area. And um, like has been said before, um, I heard those words, something has happened to my sister, and I couldn't understand it. This was many years ago, probably a year after I had come to OA, and my sister had followed me into the program six months later, and Together, we were, we were leading uh, a workshop at, uh, at a, an OA convention, and um, she started off and introduced herself and went on to tell her story of how she got to OA, and she said, I watched my sister here, and I saw that she had lost weight, but it wasn't the first time I'd seen her lose weight. She'd lost weight several times in the past and it all came back. But this time, something had happened to her that I don't understand. And I just related to that this morning, thinking that's just what Barbara said. In essence, almost the same words. And what she went on to say was that she said, my sister had been chasing spirituality. Now, I never never would have uh, put it in those words. But I know, coming to OA, 47 years old, and finding this new gift that I had never, never thought about before. I was highly religious, but I wasn't spiritual. And that's the gift, that's the most important gift that these 12-step programs can give us, or gave me, let me say, that I became spiritual and um, maybe still religious, but, but more spiritual with a higher power of my understanding, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Penny, for keeping that short. And then, Sue, you've got two minutes. Okay. This is Sue G. from Michigan, recovered by the grace of God. I had a spiritual experience of the great light, white light. Um, But since I've been searching for God, I wasn't surprised I didn't have to go to somebody. This was before OA. Um, but I didn't have the spiritual. I, I mean, I had the religious, and it was it was amazing. I mean, I just could not get enough of God. But it took working the steps for me to have the spiritual um, growth, especially step 11. I think step 11 um, has helped me continue to to grow more and more and understand God more and more and not have so much of a religious experience as a spiritual one. Um, I am grateful for the, the the answers that I get from God, but I do have to, I did have to go to my sponsor many times um, when I didn't know for sure um, how to do something or how to handle something, um, especially step nine. Uh, but I think, you know, 10, 11, and 12 really helped me out a lot. And I know time is short, so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Suji. Okay. Well, thanks to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Thursday, January 11th, is 10910. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Elizabeth H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Elizabeth H. from Orlando. May I be heard? Yes, you can. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Elizabeth H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.